Hello, and welcome to the Cannabis Corner. I am your host, Joshua Braff, and I'm here with my partner, Farmer Adam Teitelbaum. Today, we are talking about autoimmune disease, a very big topic in the world of cannabis as medicine. Not only is the plant effective at relieving some of the pain and uncomfortable symptoms of autoimmune disease, but it is showing a lot of potential as a powerful immunomodulator. Perhaps the most important question here is, when it comes to cannabis and autoimmune diseases, does the herb actually work? An autoimmune disease arises when a hyperactive immune system mistakes your own cells for a foreign invader. If your immune system is healthy, it seeks out and defends your body against pathogens. Some of these diseases, rheumatoid arthritis, systemic lupus, celiac disease, psoriasis, type 1 diabetes, and multiple sclerosis are all under this category. Cannabis compounds like psychoactive THC connect with special sites on cells called cannabinoid receptors. These receptors provide a way for your cells to receive messages and respond to the communication. In this case, messages come in the form of endocannabinoids. Endocannabinoids are the human version of THC. When you consume cannabis, active chemicals in the plant replace endocannabinoids at these receptor sites. Turns out these receptors and chemicals help the immune system communicate with the rest of the body. We're here with Isaac Roth. He's going to tell us a little bit how he became so interested in cannabis as medicine that he found himself leaving New Jersey and coming to the West Coast to find himself in this world, in this culture. He works for Enresco Labs in San Francisco, California. But Isaac, you had an autoimmune disease, and this led to your researching and interest and um, lifestyle, as it were. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story from the get-go? Sure. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, as you briefly mentioned, as we touched on in our last time together here. I was living in New York, uh, New Jersey area, wasn't too happy with my job uh, currently and did at the time have vitiligo, which is an autoimmune disease. Uh, it affects the skin pigment. And basically, I had been super, super interested in cannabis as medicine because I found that during my research and trying to see if it could help me in any way, shape or form, a lot of folks with Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis and so on had found tremendous relief in using cannabis or cannabis cannabis-derived medications. And so when I first moved out here, I was just looking for really any job I could get my hands on where I could get direct experience with the plant or processing or manufacturing of some kind. After a couple of brief stints, I ended up joining up with Enresco Labs because, A, I wanted a good job that I thought had a good seat in the industry. I knew that labs were going to be needed to help regulate and effectively dose or measure dosage in uh, a lot of these products that are out there right now. More importantly at the time, to me, was was the opportunity to get to see results from clients that I could bring in to see if the products that they produced that I wanted to consume were actually efficable enough, clean enough, not pesticide-ridden or residual solvent-rich. And so I kind of used my seat as, let's just say, a periscope to kind of see what everyone had in actuality in the industry, and I kind of used that as a vantage point to my advantage to see what I could use and what might be able to help me from, you know, just the sheer perspective of what's considered medical grade, I guess. So it's been kind of a really interesting journey since then, because now my goal isn't necessarily just to find the right product or products for me, but also to kind of 
help as many producers, farmers, growers as possible to understand why it's really important to not use certain pesticides or any pesticides at all or try to extract all the solvent or use solventless extraction or whatever methods they're using in production to basically produce as medical grade a product as possible because there's a lot of people out there, I think up to a million Americans, uh, have autoimmune diseases and this is something that could absolutely help, you know, if not each and every single one of them, then most of them, myself included. And so I think that sort of the medicalization, the true medicalization of this industry as a whole is coming, uh, especially with the regulation and mandated lab testing for California next year. Other states already have it. More states will have it coming in the future. And I think we're really entering an era where medical grade is going to really become established and achievable. So when you first realized you had this particular problem, were you a kid? Were you under 10? I was 17, actually. With autoimmune diseases, sometimes the case is simply that you have something in you for, you know, a long time, many years, and then something just sparks, something clicks, Mm -hmm. and then the autoimmune disease actually comes out. So in my case, it was very possible that as a very, very young child, maybe the age of two or three, I got a really bad sunburn. And when I was 17, I was playing competitive tennis. There was an outdoor tournament, and I guess I got really badly sunburned to the point of getting sun poisoning. And after that event, then... I started seeing, you know, my skin turn more white and my pigmentation start to leave. And I didn't really understand why. So I did some digging online, found a couple of, you know, options of what it might be, went and saw my doctor and basically got the news, hey, you have vitiligo. This is an autoimmune disease. There's not really much you can do about it. Uh, There's light therapy and there's topical therapy, but there's no actual cure. So you're going to have to figure out how to live with this the rest of your life. And so my dreams of, you know, retiring to a beach in the Caribbean were pretty much shattered at that point. But uh, (laughs) that kind of started uh, a personal, I don't want to say vendetta, but a personal mission to figure out how this disease could be not necessarily treated, but in a sense cured so that I could go on living a normal life and not have to worry about getting too much sun or just really doing damage to myself inherently because it's not just a disease that affects the skin. It actually affects everything internally, you know, liver function, kidney function, etc. So you found immediate relief from cannabis use or is that an overstatement? Definitely, you know, it's helped me a lot mentally in sort of getting back into bigger picture mode rather than sort of nitpicking the here's and there's, the, oh, I felt this way today, or, you know, I had a really gnarly day a couple days ago. It definitely keeps me focused on the task at hand in that, hey, you know, I might feel good right now because of what I just took or what I just did, but this is what a lot of people need. I have the benefit of being in a city in a state where this is acceptable and it's becoming regulated very soon, but a lot of people out in, you know, the Oklahomas, the Georgias, you know, Texas, A lot of people in those states are really suffering from a lack of options. All they have right now to look for is pharmaceuticals, any sort of other, you know, already regulated but probably not as efficable options right now, especially ones that aren't naturally, you know, derived from nature. So definitely would say that I benefit a lot mentally and physically. I don't know how much it has helped me uh, simply because not enough research has been done on 
vitiligo and cannabis that I have found. There's a lot more information out there for celiac disease, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, a lot more, uh, I don't want to say popular autoimmune diseases, but much more um, common ones that have direct connection with cannabis or so that we've found thus far. What I was wondering, Isaac, is was there a time when you first used cannabis and you found, oh, this is, you know, easing any symptoms of your autoimmune disease or from the beginning, was it, as you had just stated, you know, more from a mental and staying focused uh, point of view? Well, as I'm sure you know, Adam, mental and physical health are directly intertwined. And for me, it definitely helped me mostly mentally because my ailment at the time, just vitiligo, wasn't so much a physical thing as it was an aesthetic thing. I just had to worry more about my diet, my activities, you know, obviously not going out or drinking too much, just generally being a responsible human. Physically, I would say, you know, there were times where I'd have, you know, really itchy skin or I just got a sunburn and, you know, it was really unpleasant because it's exacerbated by my immune disease. There were definitely moments where I would consume cannabis and immediately would feel relief. I don't know. It kind of always got me thinking, how can I help this help more people? I have a couple more questions regarding this. One is you're talking about microdosing. So are you talking about a tincture, an oil, or edibles? Specifically, what are you playing around with or experimenting with in terms of microdosing? I have tried some tinctures. I haven't been doing anything long-term simply because, as we kind of touched on last time I was in, a lot of this stuff is unregulated and tested to the full extent that it should be, in my opinion, for medical-grade usage. And by medical-grade, I, of course, mean folks with or people with real, you know, autoimmune diseases or really serious diseases, you know, age, AIDS, HIV, cancer, etc. So what I've been doing is I've been trying some products here and there. There are some mints out on the market that kick in pretty fast, but they're low dose, two and a half milligrams or five milligrams each. There are tinctures, as you mentioned, uh, there's a nice variety of those three to one ratios, 20 to one ratios, one to one ratios of THC to CBD. There's a good amount of topicals out there as well. That's the world that I have been sort of getting my nose into lately. Uh, I've been diving in. And- yeah, that was my next question is, is I was wondering if you were gaining any relief at all from any topicals because there's so many different options on the market. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been a little bit hesitant with just kind of delving in and trying anything and everything I come across simply because um, there have been certain products where, you know, I try them and then I figure, oh, let's go get this tested in the lab to see what the makeup is of this, you know, see what the potency really is and if there's anything else in there. And a couple of times I've done that, I have found impurities, which then has turned me off from that product in particular. So I've definitely learned to be a little bit more cautious about what I do have, what I do try and sort of take a more scientific approach, uh, gather all the information I possibly can about the company, how they formulate their product, where they're formulating their product, if that information is available, and then sort of take it from there and talk to the folks themselves and see you know what they think and how they came to be. I know um, one particular tincture company came about because the founder had a brain aneurysm, and that ended up helping her come back from that awful fight that she had to endure. So... Yeah, I mean, I'd say I definitely have found relief with certain topical products out there, and I hope 
that more come out just because options are, I think, the definition of freedom. Uh, I've definitely found relief with certain products. I'm really ready for more to come out. So right now, mainly modern medicine is focused on treating symptoms rather than root causes. Is this genetic? Do you have siblings that are dealing with this? My grandfather's a type 2 diabetic, which is not autoimmune related. I would say this is sort of an isolated incident within our family. And I think that this is just a personal opinion. I'm not a medical professional at all. I believe that a lot of autoimmune diseases that we're seeing in the American populace, at least, if not worldwide, is really caused by a lot of what we're putting into our bodies, what we're breathing, what we're drinking, and a lot of the pollutants that humanity has sort of injected into this earth. If you look at the numbers and the trends, more and more people are having autoimmune issues every year. And I think that that in coincidence with everything else that's been going on with the treatment of our food and crops and air and water and soil and so forth, I just think there's probably a natural relationship there that um, we need to be more aware of and more wary of in order to help prevent more of these types of things from happening. The occurrence of autoimmune disease seems to be quite wide in America. And this medicine, this cannabis as medicine coming down the pike, perhaps is a very good marriage uh, in, in this time. I have a sense that many of our listeners know somebody who has a disease such as this and probably know people who are in zip codes in which getting this kind of help uh, is going to be difficult for now, but probably not difficult in the next couple of years. That is this, what we're seeing. So our, our focus here is to help people who don't know that they have these options for cheaper and healthier medicines that may address these diseases directly. And the idea is to not take pharmaceuticals if you do not need to. Thank you so much, Isaac Roth. We'll be right back on The Cannabis Corner. Leafly. Leafly is the world's largest cannabis information resource. We make the process of finding the right strains and products for you fast, simple, and comfortable. Whether you're new to cannabis, a medical marijuana patient, or a seasoned customer, Leafly is the perfect destination for you. You can pick your product flowers, topicals, edibles, or concentrates. Check out ratings and reviews of strains, dispensaries, and more. Get informed through our news and culture center and our knowledge center. Write your own strain and product reviews and join the Leafly community of passionate cannabis consumers and patients to take part in a new, sophisticated dialogue about smart cannabis choices. Check out our web app for identifying specific strains to bring relief for specific problems. Leafly, we're here to help. We have a caller on the Cannabis Corner. His name is Tom from Maryland. Hi, Tom. What's your question? Hey, Josh. Hey, first of all, I just want to say, wow, your website and your show is just fantastic, man. I've been really, really enjoying it. It got me to thinking, you know, I just got back from China, and I found out that my mom has Crohn's disease. They put her on some kind of medication that, that made her feel like crap, no pun intended. You know, I started to hear about, you know, that cannabis can help, but... Uh, <laughs> When I was growing up in Stone, uh, my mom was really against me wearing what you call rose-colored glasses. Oh, and she stoned. wasn't on board. So, so I'm kind of concerned <laughs> that she's going to like, what, you're going to get me stoned? <laughs> you know, it's like, no, mom, we're just going to try to make you feel better. So first of all, I've heard it can help Crohn's disease, but I don't really know anything about it. What's the story? Isaac, this is a good one for you. You want to take this on? 
Hi, Tom. It's Isaac here. I can definitely speak to the effectiveness from what I've seen and from some friends that I know with cannabis and Crohn's. Since Crohn's is mainly inflammation related uh, in terms of, you know, in the GI tract and in your intestines and all those internal organs in the digestive system. Since cannabis is a natural anti-inflammatory agent, it's helped a lot of people that I know. I know a friend of mine has basically been, as he calls it, 100% symptom-free since he started a daily cannabis this really? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it took some time. So is, is he using anything else besides the cannabis? I just know that he's been, you know, watching his diet, making sure he eats right and lots of fiber and just making sure that he's not, you know, being an unhealthy person on the overall. And then I know that he does, I want to say, three different dosings per day or three separate intervals of dosing per day. And yeah, he hasn't really experienced any symptoms and I want to say wow, like seven months much. now. I would definitely say as far as your mother's concerned, if you can help her get past the stigma of, you know, reefer madness and, you know, sort of the misunderstandings of the plant, then it's definitely something that can help her out. I mean, I can even speak from my experience for my grandmother who doesn't have Crohn's, but when she slipped a disc in her back, she had never tried cannabis before ever. I basically said, hey, why don't you give this a shot? Because none of the painkillers seem to be helping and everything else is making you incredibly dizzy and feel awful. And uh, she ended up laughing herself to sleep that night. So <laughs> perfect. That's the way to do it. Adam, you know many patients with Crohn's over the years. It's come up so much. What are, you, what are your thoughts for Tom? Well, my thoughts probably differ a little bit from the people who I know who, who have used cannabis to treat Crohn's disease because the people that I know were regular cannabis users before they were aware that they had Crohn's and started using it to treat it. And I know quite a few of them use you know, some high CBD cannabis strains that, that do have THC in them as well, so they, they do qualify as cannabis and not hemp. They tend to smoke it a lot and vape it and take edibles, but I would definitely advise uh, your mom to probably try something like maybe in a pill or a capsule form or a uh, powder that you put into a drink. There's so many different methods of ingesting, so I would keep it in a manner that wouldn't feel so much like she's smoking a joint. You know, or taking a bong hit. I, I don't think that's going to be the the best way to introduce cannabis as a therapy. <laughs> yeah, that would not work. Disease. But sure, but you could possibly an edible, possibly a tincture, um, um, something like sublingually, uh, or like I said, there's different powders that you can add to just water or tea or what have you. There's pills, there's capsules. So I would say something like in that type of form would be a great way to go. And I'd look into the ratio of CBD to THC, but I wouldn't doubt that something like, you know, a 15 to 1, 20 to 1 would be quite helpful. Is that like low low uh, THC versus... Uh, very, low th very low THC. But, you know, I, I still am a firm believer that THC is an important part of the therapy here with cannabis and, uh, you know, the whole entourage effect, which we've talked about so many times on this program. Program. And so I feel that just CBD alone doesn't necessarily do it for everybody. And again, that's experimental and everybody reacts differently even to the same thing. So yeah, that's what I'd recommend. It would be fascinating to see how she does, Tom, if you um, get her some tincture or some kind of powder, less is more. Our guess here is that there would be immediate relief. And isn't that interesting for someone who has a stigma or, or believes in the stigma enough to say, I'll just take what my doctor gives me? And isn't that the point of our whole purpose here? Tom, did that help at all? And, and does 
that, Josh, doesn't that, Josh, go back to our migraine episode where Mary said, you know, when she had first tried cannabis to relieve her migraines that she instantly had relief and thought, oh my gosh, why why hadn't I tried this before? Right. You know, why hadn't I listened? And again, it's that stigma. I think hearing people's stories like that uh, may help others take that jump to trying something that may work better for them. Right, someone with 50 years of migraines. Just to get back to my mom for a second here, taking it as a pill, like, does that have, like, you know, like the good balance of, like, the entourage effects you're talking about? And then, and is that better than an edible or, or about the same? And then also, does that deliver it directly to the inflammation in her intestines? Or, you know, I mean, is that the best way to do it? Yeah, these are, wow, these are all really good questions, Tom. It depends, you know, on the pill. Like, for instance, in California, where Josh and Isaac are, I'm not familiar with all of the products on the market there. Here in Colorado, we have a number of different products, and we've had lab testing that's been going on now here for, for some years, and uh, a lot of people have been using these products. I mean, I know there's Stratus and Stratos and Altus or a couple of companies that make these pills, and they're really making them so consistently with all the different cannabinoids, etc., in there. So you are getting a, a full profile. Are you going to get the same thing as an edible? I don't I don't know, you know, some edibles are made with oils, some are made with straight up flour, and it depends on what strains are being used as well. And so really it comes down to some experimentation to find out what works best for each individual. But I would start with something that's not intimidating, you know, like a pill, because I'm sure your mom's taken many pills in her life, but she's obviously yeah. never, you know, sparked up a joint. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, they had her on something that was not making her feel good. I think it was like some kind of steroid or something like that. And, and she just really kind of hated it. But she thought she should, you know, I think she's still taking it. She's still having problems. So, so Does then, she live in Maryland? Because it's very interesting that, you know, Maryland is, uh, you know, in the midst of getting their whole medical cannabis program going. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. She lives in Maryland. Uh, so there's probably some resources to check out there in Maryland as well. I've received some communications from listeners through like Facebook Messenger and LinkedIn who have asked how they go about getting some of these products because they're in states where cannabis is not legal. That's a tough situation. I mean, I know that people go to states and where it is legal and bring it back, but that's a violation of federal law. And of course, in today's world, you can order almost anything online. And so people have said, oh, you know, is that safe to order online? And I mean, it, you know, I don't know what the source is. And I'm not familiar with that because I'm fortunately in a state where it is legal. That's an area that I'm very unfamiliar with and would be pretty nervous about uh, as well. I mean, there is a the medical, you know, marijuana commission or whatever they're called here in Maryland. And, um, you know, I, I guess it's like she probably has to, we have to maybe find the right doctor who believes in uh, this type of therapy and get a, a prescription for it. But uh, I have to look into it more. Yeah, and mom needs to be on board and the doctors need to be on board and the law. And then it seems like a bunch of steps for someone to just feel better. The other notion is uh, in 2018, you take a trip to one of those legal states and get online for REC and see how that goes. But I think that you will find, and many states will find, that the truth and the stigma is lifting all over the country. And 
won't that be great that grandmas in the future and moms in the future don't have to take this bump and this stigma? As Mary was saying, she lost a Facebook friend because she found something that was making her feel so much better. Tom, thank you so much for your call. I really appreciate your question. I know it relates to a lot of people out there, and that's our purpose. Yeah, great. Well, hey, thanks for all the information, and yeah, keep the good work, you guys. Yeah, good luck with your mom. Yeah, I really hope your mom is able to find some relief, Tom. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. And now more with our migraine show, where we were talking to Mary and Phyllis about migraines and nerve pain. Adam was telling a story about a person who came from New Jersey who had no experience with cannabis and learned quite a bit in Colorado. Several years ago, I had a family member from the East Coast come out and visit, and this family member was in terrible pain, was fully aware of what I did for a living, growing medical cannabis, but was very affected by the stigma. And eventually, this relative of mine tried some uh, homemade tincture that I had made with my wife and found incredible relief from it and then was asking for it and asking for it. And it wasn't psychoactive at all, but it helped to relieve the incredible uh, nerve pain that this uh, family member of mine uh, was suffering from. I'm just not mentioning the name because I haven't spoken with this person about it. So I don't know if that's okay to share or not. I wanted to let you know that. The other thing um, that I wanted to talk about was the consistency of, let's say if you're talking edibles, because in this case we're talking about butter, we're talking about chocolates. And so if you're buying from a dispensary, you should be getting a product that's regulated and dosage is consistent, effect is consistent, etc. But, you know, a lot of people like to make their own at home um, with butter, tinctures, other types of things, topicals, etc. And, you know, not long ago we had Garen Angel of Magical Butter on the program, and he did send out a machine, and I got to give him a plug because that thing is phenomenal in terms of quality, potency, and consistency. And I can't believe that I'd been making my butter for so many years the uh, old-fashioned way, and I would have variances in the consistency. And so if you are doing something at home, I would implore you to get one of those machines as far as the consistency for you, your friends or family members, whoever you're helping out with that. What I wanted to know was, um, Phyllis, you had said that you had some friends uh, or a friend maybe who wasn't too happy about you using that. What is your family thought? Oh, my family's fine. My my son, of course, gave it to me, and I have two daughters who are fine with it. They're in different states. They're not. It's not legal where they are, but they, they were fine with my taking it. And it still seems that there's like for so many, there's education that's needed in order for you to have help from this this plant, just like you said yeah. during during the day, because there is an easy way, a non psychoactive way, so you don't feel loopy as you were saying, or anything, you know, uh, mind-altering during the day, especially if it has a high CBD to uh, low THC ratio. There's, you know, tinctures that you can take, so simple in a bottle with a little dropper and take a drop, uh, take it sublingually. That's a very fast-acting way to have that work. Smoking or vaping is the quickest, but second quickest is uh, to put it under your tongue and uh, leave it under there. And it's very quick-acting. Some of them have a little flavor in them. Some have, have none. That's an option. They're 
little powders that you can put in a drink. There are pills, capsules, tablets that are all cannabis and have different types of cannabinoids and terpenes, etc. in there to help achieve the effect for what it is you're looking for. And you can buy things that are very specifically targeted for certain ailments or for, you know, wanting to be alert and not feeling fuzzy right, at all exactly. during the day. Yeah. I think, like I said, I would just ask in your local dispensary, wherever it is that you go, and they should be able to guide and help you. I would think that most, most people who are working in the dispensaries are there because they really enjoy being around the product. They enjoy helping people. And uh, there's so much to learn and so much knowledge that they need to be able to have the customer walking out the door with the right remedy. Yeah. So I'll definitely have to look a little harder into my particular needs. Yeah, ask ask some questions because you may be really surprised where you get guided and where you you get the help from and it definitely takes a little bit of some experimenting but if you're being clear about what it is that you're looking for and not looking for, you should be guided in the right direction. I was a little surprised when I applied for my license, my uh -huh. medical license. I really thought they would do a little more questioning. I mean, it was just like a stamp, you know, pay the money, the doctor signs, and you leave. And, you know, I was expecting a few more questions about what I wanted. I guess I'm talking wrong. Yeah, I think, you know, um, just like in Western medicine where I found, and I come from a family of, of physicians, and they've all said you have to be your, your own best advocate and don't trust everybody and make sure that you're, you know, you've always got your back. And it's the same thing with medical cannabis is making sure that you're asking because there is a void in terms of education and really learning because there is a lot to learn. So like I said, if going into the place where you're purchasing it, they, they should be able to guide you. And if, if not, there's also a lot of you know resources online. Some places uh, like the Apothecarium in San Francisco have somebody like Sarah, who we've had on the show a number of times, who literally sits down and guides patients through the different options and what may or may not work. Hopefully there's somebody like that at a dispensary that you're frequenting. So in a way, it's it's kind of like trial and error. You, it, you try it, what... It is, and that's really because of the scheduling of cannabis as a Schedule One substance and so little research right. and studies done on it. And when that gets lifted, we'll all learn a, a whole lot more about the potential of this plant and using it to better our health of our lives. It's a time, sort of an in-between time for what physicians know compared to what people who would work in a dispensary would know. And from the stigma's point of view, you might say, why would I listen to this person who may be a physician or may not be in the uh, dispensary setting, but my physician is not very knowledgeable. I would say that my general practitioner is not knowledgeable about cannabis in the least, but in the last couple of times we've discussed it, he is realizing that it's time to start to read up. So that tells you, in one sense, it's on the Today Show being shown as something way healthier than alcohol and pills, and then you go to your physician and he or she says, here's your script. Um, I don't know exactly what to tell you. And then we're telling you the educators in cannabis have so much to tell you. And the bottom line is your migraine is hurting very badly in your skull, and you're going to put something under your tongue that's going to give it a U-turn like now. So that is so important to listen to. Nobody wants to be in pain. The way to feel better is to be calm in your head, not throbbing. 
You're right, Josh. It, from our world, enough's enough. It's 2017. Get out of our way. We're not looking to bring a criminal element to anybody. We're, we're literally trying to say, you deserve better. <laughs> this, is, this is natural. This belongs to you. Let's see how we're going to get it in you specifically so you can feel better. I want to thank all of you for either time and especially for your language. There are no human studies in this. Guess what? You're the human study. <laughs> uh, you've come on the Cannabis Corner to say some pretty amazing things about this. The new tide suggests that we're coming into a progressive time that says, yes, this too is medicine. And we're saying it in a language that can be understood and that can be then researched after you hear us talk about it. It's very important that you were heard and your friends will hear you. And I'm very happy that your family supports you. In Colorado, your environment supports you too um, and your, your surroundings. There's always going to be naysayers in everything, you know. <laughs> Adam and I, thank you so much for your time and, and being here for us. Thank both of you. And you're welcome. Yes, thank you. I would say that one of my big hopes from this show that we're doing here today is that it does help to lift the stigma and maybe encourage people to try something that, that might actually you know, really benefit them quite a bit and to let go of the false propaganda that we've had put upon us for the last 30, you know, well, actually, I'd say since 1937, since uh, Harry Anslinger really changed the game and this became illegal federally. I want to thank Mary and Phyllis and TJ for contributing to this show. Such an important topic. Thank you for listening to The Cannabis Corner. We're so glad to be building this community with you. Please share our podcast with your friends. Send us your questions. And if you like us, follow us on social and review us on iTunes. Have a great one. We'll see you next time on The Cannabis Corner. Mm-hmm.